Hello world, I'm Jared Cunningham. This is the Freelance Forum Spring 2022 podcast and webinar series. Over the years, the Freelance Forum has been made possible by support from the National Union of Journalists and the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland. This is episode number 37 on the topic of writing your own book with uh, journalist Darren Boyle. Uh, Darren, welcome along. And to begin with, why don't you just tell me about yourself? Well, I suppose... uh I was born in North London. Uh, my mother is from Galway. My father, Glen Colmkill, County Donegal. And uh, I did my journalism uh, postgrad at NUI Galway and spent the next 14 years or so working in Dublin. Uh, so I was with, uh, started off doing shifts in the Heralds and the Indo. Then uh, did a couple of years with Medicine Weekly, who are no longer with us, sadly. Uh, went then to Ireland on Sunday, who changed to the Daily Mail. And I was part of the group. Almost the entire newsroom left one year uh, after uh, the, the Mail took over. And Martin Clark came to Dublin. And uh, we went to the Dublin Daily which uh, had a glorious three months existence before it went burst. So uh, I think after that, then I was with the Star uh, and the Star Sunday. Uh, I actually got out of the Star Sunday before it went burst. There's a common theme here, I think. Uh, and uh, then from from there, uh, oh yeah, yeah, it was over. It was over to the mirror then, and uh, so I was there for. I was with the Mirror and the Sunday Mirror, the crime correspondent there for 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 a good few years, until uh, the recession, and then that the uh, the Mirror cutting jobs all over the place, and of course uh, the uh, crime correspondent was earning far too much money for them, so that was the end of that, and then uh, I did a did one book project then. Uh, I ghosted a book for a guy in Limerick who uh, who who had gone up against McCarthy Dundon gang, and uh, so did that. But uh, and then was freelancing around, and as you know yourself, it's incre- it can be incredibly difficult to freelance because you're chasing money all the time. You're actually chasing money more than when when you should be off chasing stories. So then, uh, so then I landed back in uh, in London, and uh, I started doing a creative writing course at City University, and it uh, it's concentrated on crime novels, and uh, I was the Press Gazette then briefly. For, for for six months or so. And then, uh, like for the last eight years, I've been at Mail Online. And uh, the, uh, so that's, that's it. And sort of during that process, working full time, uh, I've written a crime novel, uh, which uh, amazingly won an award, uh, the Amazon uh, Capital Crime Festival, New Writing Award or New Voices Award. So uh found out about that sort of uh, before the Christmas and like absolutely blew my mind. 
like there was several hundred people uh, entered the competition. It was narrowed down to 10. And then it was narrowed down to three. There, there was, they were going to, there were two nominate or two people were getting special uh, recognition. And then one person was winning. And I was there walking along the street, listening to the broadcast live on the, on my phone and thinking, Oh God, I'm going to get the second. That's worse than getting for, or it's worse than not placing at all. And then I didn't come second or third. And I was thinking, ah, God, I didn't even come. And then, uh, and then they announced my name. And it was just, I was like, oh, holy gee. I was going to blaspheme there. Uh, <laughs> but you know exactly what I was about to be saying. And I was saying it in my head. And uh, yeah, and then sort of my phone just started exploding uh, with messages from uh, people around the world like and some some absolutely amazing authors as well uh like like there's a massive irish crime writing scene and uh and sort of uh it's it's great to be part of it because they're very a very supportive group of people but uh it was just it's it was uh just an amazing experience and now it's trying to get it uh, trying to get it published but that's that's another that that will be another epic journey i have to ask uh, given the length of your cv there where did you find the time to write fiction i was yeah i was doing it uh, i was, uh, i did I wrote something on the tube i wrote uh, i took a, i took a, for one I had one week where I was uh, home in Glen, and at the time, the only place in the parish you'd get uh, internet was sitting in John Onions. So I was, I was sitting. I'd go in the morning, or as soon as as, as soon as Nolik opened the bar, I'd come, I'd come along, and I'd sit myself in the window overlooking Glen Head, back to, over towards Beefing again, looking, looking, looking out the window there. And I plugged the computer in, and I'd be writing away, and I rationed myself to uh, one point per five hundred words, and then I would, as long as uh, I'd be aiming then to have fifty, uh, about two and a half thousand words done before things started getting busy at around three or four o'clock. Uh, and the words started dancing on the page after the fifth night. Oh, jeez, yeah. It, it, was, it was just... You'd hear people talking in the background and the lyricism. Like, you, like when, you're, when you're writing fiction, everything you've ever heard in your life is somewhere in, in your brain. And you'll have a use for it. Just a, a, tur a, tur a, turn, a turn of phrase or just... Uh, the way the way something that happened, or the, the way the way somebody would stand at a bar, or walk along the streets, or just lean against the fence post, or that all filters in, and it provides depth and sort of uh, you'd hope added realism to to your characterization because in crime fiction, especially, it's it's about the characters. And uh, my book is set in Dublin, and 
Dublin is a character, same the same, the same like the same as any human in the book. It it has its own personality. It has its own quirks. It's and it's important to have a sense of place that the reader can. Uh, you're taking the you're taking the reader along on a journey, and you have to keep them entertained, and you, you have to keep them slightly off balance as well. Like, uh, like we were always told, if if the if it's a simple choice A and B, a character has to make, you choose C because somebody is not going to see that one coming. But it has to be a plausible one as well. Like you can't have a space alien suddenly appearing on Grafton Street unless there's been some previous space alien type activity. So you have to, uh, there, there has to be, it's your own reality, uh, but you have to make it convincing. And that's all about seeding ideas right the way through. So when in page 263, somebody, an incident happens, page 10, the initial idea went in. So the problem then is when you're editing the book and cutting things out, You've still got page 263, but the incident in page 10 might be gone. So the reader's there. Going, <laughs> so it's trying to, it's, it, like, I don't, know, I don't know whether it's four-dimensional chess or whatever, but everything, each action looks a reaction. And that works in physics, it works in a book. So it's, it's trying to uh, make sure that all of these things, uh, that the story... That there's, that there's a coherent story at the, at, uh, at the beginning and the end. Although I'm currently really reading Ulysses at the, time, uh, at the moment. So every rule about writing a book was thrown out the window there. But it's just such glorious writing, utter nonsense. Now I'm just reading it for fun, which probably is the wrong way of approaching it. But no, I think it's exactly the right way. Of <laughs> and the problem is, too many people treat it like homework. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just, I just, I'm just enjoying, uh, enjoying the language, the nonsensical words that again have a lyricism about them. It's, it plays, it, it, it plays in your ear, and just passing reference to various people throughout the history of Dublin, and. You're there going now. If you know about these people, or if you're if, if if you've been a student of history, all of these things they make sense to you. So I suppose it'd be harder harder than for somebody who knew nothing of the city to go. So like uh, in my, like in my in my book, when my character goes through town, he passes by places which are firmly based in history and. To be the, the, the uh, like Smithfield Market, a place where uh, the first first Sunday of every month, on a, sal a saliva covered palm, to be a horse to, to be a trade in horses, and I'm sure you have the various people who've moved into Smithfield now, who prefer lattes, and would would love the horse fair gone, but so you, so you've got your conflict between old Dublin and new Dublin. And 
it's 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 sort of about uh, it's about uh, just trying to make something interesting, and obviously there's going to be things wrong. And uh, a friend of mine uh, who writes uh, uh, William Ryan, he's uh, he's he's a limerick a limerick man uh, and uh, novelist. He says. The worst thing you can ever do is get a gun wrong in a uh, in a novel, because the Americans go absolutely mental. It's like you've insulted their mother. If you get the caliber wrong in their favorite gun, you you have just kicked their cats, and you've murdered their dog. Like it's the worst thing you could ever do to them. Like you could throw their child off the Empire State Building, they forgive you. But insult their Glock, that's it. You're never getting a Christmas card from them again. And you just get lots of abusive messages on the internet. But it's uh, but that's the that's that's why it's great having a community out there. These people have made all these mistakes in the past, and they're willing to share them with you. So so you dodge the landmine, hopefully. There's an American cartoonist and writer called Howard Taylor. I was listening to him talk on a podcast a while back. He said, when you're talking about guns, the greatest word you can use is modified. (laughs) Because if you write about a modified Glock, all the gun nuts won't care that you've got all the details about how a Glock works wrong. They'll spend all their time writing fan fiction about how the modification works. Uh, like it's cra- it's crazy, but sure, that's 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 their that's that's their culture. Like, like we might be obsessed with road frontage, they're obsessed with guns. When when you were writing before this, uh, uh, not just in journalism, you also did uh, ghost writing. Uh, that was Booklet's project, obviously. Did that experience help or hinder writing fiction? Is it the same process, or is it a different fi- process? Because it's coming out of your head, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. Well, see, when you're now, when you're when you're ghostwriting something, like it's you're dealing with real people here, so you're also dealing with somebody has a story that they want to tell, and then as a trained journalist, you have this you you know the libel laws of the land, which mean. The story that can be printed has to be uh, not. Uh, you have to, you have to stay within the the libel laws. So things may have happened, but you have to be able to be you have to be able to prove that they've happened. And in cases where there's an absence of uh, a criminal conviction, if there's criminal conviction, you're happy days because you can report what happened in the court and how bad somebody is, and that makes it very easy. But in a case where somebody who's central to the story didn't get a significant criminal conviction, you are very much restricted on what you can write because you have to be able to prove it's the onus then is on you to prove that this happened. And you need 
very deep pockets if you're going to be uh, like there's some excellent viable practitioners in Ireland. I've had experience of several of them writing letters to me and very on various things. But when it's when you're doing it personally, you do not want to have to be fighting the case because you can, a couple of days in the high court, that's on the ground. And if you win, you're still down on the ground. That's the, the, that's the difficulty when you're dealing with facts, when you're dealing with real, true life. And uh, like, unless it's something, unless it's something cut and dried, like if you're writing about somebody who's been convicted of murder, then their their uh, good name is very much tarnished because they're a killer or committed some other vile crime. On the business end of side, um, what's your approach been now that you've, you've got the book, you've won an award, but it's, as you said, it's still unpublished. Uh, are you focusing on like a traditional approach, pitching publishers, or have you looked into self-publishing options like Kindle and so on? Yeah, uh, my aim, my my aim is to um, uh, scale them for agents at the moment. Uh, the problem with, let's say, self-publishing, I can press the button this afternoon and stick it on Kindle, on Amazon, and it could sell. It, it could it could sell thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, uh, with the right bounce. Or could sell three, but but the 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 biggest problem, and anybody anybody who's filed copy themselves will know, it's hard to mark your own homework. And you write a book, you get your first draft. That is something that should never be seen by humanity, because essentially it is just the bare bones. From there. You start rewriting it a few times, and then your job then is: does it hang together like a skeleton? Like all the bits have to be in the right place. Like there's no point having an arm coming out of the forehead because people will be there going, ah, "This, yeah." So all the bits have to be, and then you have to add flesh, meat to the bones, and the wee hairs on the. That's all. The further editing process, once you get past the structural edits, then you're line editing. So, have you the right there? One of the worst things you can do in a book is I, I spent about I spent about two days de-thatifying my book. I just went Apple F typed in the word that and went through every single line which had that in it. And unless it was in direct speech, I changed it. That has no place. It's just, it's, it's, it's just using that. It's just pure laziness. And like when you're writing it, get it down. Yeah. Have it. So it sort of hangs together, but then, to make it readable, you have to approach it quite methodically. 
and getting rid of that is 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 is, is, is well, might sound mental, but it's uh, it's something it's something that has to be done, and then. Uh, with the traditional publishing model, when you hand the book over to an editor, that's a fresh pair of eyes. So, in your mind, somebody's motiva- uh, motiv- uh, motivation for doing something in the book seems quite obvious to yourself because it's in your mind that it's came from. But to the to the outside reader, they may need a bit more of an explanation. So that is a very important part. Part of the uh, that's a very important part of the process. So, and it's like you can you can spend if you, if you're doing it if you're doing it yourself you can spend several thousands of pounds or euros dollars in getting somebody to copy edit the book but it also has to be somebody who uh, like on my book let's say there'd be little points in me letting an English person copy edit my book because they wouldn't understand half the half the references and though <laughs> maybe having an English person read it would be the best thing ever to make it, uh, understand more uh, understood more widely. But like the book, the book's called the Black Pool because Dublin back in the day when the Vikings turned up called it Undoff Lynn, and it was called the Black Pool by them because it was uh, a swamp and I just like the notion that it's a crime book set in Dublin Dublin is the black pool it was a swamp and evil crime is happening in a swamp with a veneer of respectability just but just below the surface is this foul water and it's like not particularly clever idea, but it just it just puts a tiny little bit more of a foundation under 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 the book, and so the people of Amazon anyway loved the the, the people of the the, uh, the the Capital Crime Festival, which is based in London. They loved it. The, the sort of praised the tone, the characterization the pace so I so it's it's sort of succeeded and uh, it's just you only get one chance at launching it and I don't want to waste all those points in John Onions not that they were wasted but by publishing it and having some Idiotic mistake that I that I that I didn't spot myself because I was too hasty to press to press the button because so our friends who've gone ahead and uh, self published and they've gone oh, and that's after paying for copy editors and things to have a look at their copy and they went I know 
if if they were to do it again, they would have cut twenty thousand words out of it. They'd have tightened, they'd have tightened things, they'd have changed a few things around. But once you've done it, it's there. It's like you've you've got your concrete and you've let it go off. It's set, and it's not doing what you intended it to do. So I'm now in six months time. I could change my mind and press the button, but I would hope when it go when when the book when the book is finally published, that is something that I'm happy to see. Like, and actually, I'm a wee bit of a snob as well when it comes to books. Like, I want to see it on the shelf. Like, I want, I want, uh, like. Like, I want, uh, I want, I, I want uh, Brian McGilloway, uh, Jane Casey, Adrian uh, uh, McKinty, uh, Steve Kavanagh, uh, like all these wonderful, all these, all these wonderful authors. And I want, I want my, I want my, I want my book somewhere, somewhere there, and uh, so that's. That's 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 sort of that's sort of the plan, and uh, like the world closed there for two years, and there's wonderful crime festivals where authors from around the world meet up, exchange ideas, have 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 a pint or two together, and uh, the uh, that's that's sort of uh, that's. That's the type of place then where you meet agents, where you meet publishers, where you you get to network. Because part of it is they have to. It's not only the book that a publisher is buying; they're buying the person as well. They they want somebody who's able to talk about it that sounds convincing, that isn't worried about. So, like a substantial number of books will be sold at book festivals, and to sell the book, you have to sit up on stage and chat with somebody for a while five or six people have a panel that the idea would be I don't uh, is is uh, can uh, can a location be a character in a book and then you'd get somebody whose books have this and then the chats is amongst each other or is the weather or or maybe it's one of the biggest tropes like uh, you should never open a book with the weather but is that true now and then you'd have a few people chatting away, bit of a laugh. Audience love it. They come to the front at the end of the WeChat. You sign a few books, and hopefully, people love your stuff and they buy more of your books. And then you're able to get you're able to get your your writing retreat somewhere. But but yeah, it's. There's an awful lot of work to do yet. You were talking there about uh, building the skeleton in the first draft. Uh, could you just, just very lightly on the, cre- the creative process? I know that that can be a very individual thing. Do you start with working out your crime plot and then figure out who the characters are who are involved in it, or is it the other way around? Is it there's something else completely uh, an option C that? Yeah. Well, no. Uh, I was, I was, uh, I was writing. I didn't even have, I didn't have a protagonist, and I was writing. So I was just 
the guy was saying uh, things. So I was literally writing uh, some dialogue with no name. And I was just sitting at the table, typing away. And then suddenly the air of the Galtee Mountain Boy came into my head. When you're writing, your mind is telling you every time you start writing, trying to lead you astray to do anything other than put words on a page. The biggest thing you can do is research because you can convince yourself that research is brilliant. It'll stand you well. And the, uh, but then there's only so much you really need to know about the Dublin sewerage system if you're not mentioning it. And uh, then you might find something fascinating about Victorian sewers in another location. And then sort of two hours later, no more words on the page, but you've had an enjoyable time looking at sewers. So I was sitting at the table typing away and the Galti Mountain Boy was going through my head and I hadn't named my protagonist. And I didn't want anything to like the protagonist in the book is a, a journalist write what you know uh, but I didn't want him to be from anywhere where I have a connection so when the Galti Mountain Boy was going around in my head and then, and then I thought Dan Breen yeah that's the name Automatically, you have a wee bit of a character there. Your, char your character is named after the, the man who fired the first shot of the War of Independence. So you've you've sort of made made a bit of you've made a bit of a, a bit of a progression there, and uh, it's it's uh, and that's when you start to make the decisions. It's sort of you sort of got a, real, a rough outline and sort of clay then. So then you have to figure out a bit more about him, how he goes about doing his business. Uh, what type of guy is he? Is he trustworthy? Is he, is he, is he, is he good? Or like you could, let's say uh, James Elroy, Dudley Smith, absolutely amazing character. Brilliant utter reprehensible individual. Like, if you went for a point with him, he'd possibly shoot you in the face. But as a character in a book, he's a genius, but you wouldn't want to meet him in real life. So that, that's, and that's a very hard trick to pull off because you can make somebody, if you make somebody odious and the reader doesn't take to them, they won't continue. Like Hannibal Lecter, utterly reprehensible character, but Robert Harris made him fascinating. So whilst generally most people disagree with eating fellow humans, you're like, oh, but Hannibal, like it was a census enumerator.
And he did have a fine bottle of Chianti, so you're going to give him the benefit of the doubt there. So it's... So... so so you're, you're learning, you actually do learn from other people. Like you can't write a book unless you read. You have to, you have to read voraciously. And uh, you'd have to know the genre that you're in, what's happening now, because what you're, essentially what you're trying to do, you want to make a few, going back to pain conditions, you want to make a, a bit of money out of it. Like, yes, it's, it'd be very nice to see the book there in Easton's and God, sitting, sitting talking to Ryan Toberty there one Friday night going, hello, Ryan. Yeah, that would be brilliant. But what you, what you, what you want, what you want is like, you want it to be stocked. You want people buying it for it to be, it has to be sort of reasonably commercial for that, for that to happen. And uh, to, to, to do that, you have to have an eye on where the market is. And you have to sort of not, uh, and not only where the market is today when you're writing, but in two years down the line, 18 months down the line, when the book could potentially be published. And so it's, so all of these things are influencing what's happening. But with crime, there has to be a plot. And some people will get a spreadsheet and they'll have uh, dozens of uh, character arcs and what everybody does, chapter one, chapter two, everything plot, like a military plan. And then other people just write. They might have a general here's the beginning here's the end that's the way that's the way I went about it I knew what was going to happen in the book before I'd even named the protagonist and that's what I can't really get this I can't really say what happened because that might <laughs> I said yeah that'd be the ultimate yeah nobody nobody who, nobody who listens to this or nobody who watched this would have to buy the book then because they know, they know what happens. Hopefully, it set up book two very well, though. So, if I was thinking it through long term again, but yeah, I, you, uh, like, I've, I've a whiteboard over there, and it's essentially what you do. What you do is you have to, you're, Your book, uh, yeah, you can't really see this, but uh, at the start of the book, there has to be an incident which ramps up the tension. Up it goes. Book almost solves itself, and then the tension goes back up again. So, if you think three, the three, uh, the three X structure of uh, of a play is essentially that's the basic. Uh, that's the basics of that's the basics of the book. So, like, if you're inciting, if your tension, it goes down a bit, you think everything is resolved, and then the monster comes back and has to be shot in the face at the, in the, in the, in the, fine, in the fine scene. 
but uh, now there are no monsters in my book, but it's 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 the it's it's the ba- it's the basic structure. Like people will argue that crime can be formulaic, and it is, but to do it well, like uh, I found McDermott, like, but if you're or or it's just taking uh, like Ken Brown from Galway, like he has a very interesting way of going about it because his he puts real people from Galway into his books, it, and it, his his character will go into a bar and will have a pint with them in a recognisable bar, which sort of provides a grounding, which I think which I think is is quite clever but then other people will go for fictional locations based loosely on a city or a town so, uh it's like you look at line of duty like shot in belfast but it's in a it's in a fictional northern england uh a northern england town that doesn't make it any less of a show but it means that the uh that the actual location is less is less is is less prominent, but these uh, if when you're writing the book, it evolves. People, the characters start to get their personality, their voices. That changes things, because what you initially thought somebody would do is no longer plausible. So you have to change it and you're not going to change the person. You're going to change whatever the idea was, like unless the idea was absolutely amazing, but then you have the wrong person doing it. And so it, it, as you, as you go through the process, it evolves and you have to, there's a great phrase, kill your babies. You might have, 23 pages of the most beautifully written text. But if it's no longer relevant to the story, it's like a sea anchor slowing you down, destroying the pace. So you just have to cut, wave it goodbye, weep in the corner if you must. But the book will be better for it. And if a character isn't working, they have to go. If something isn't bringing, if something isn't bringing the narrative forward, it's slowing it down. And if it's slowing it down, it's it has, it, it, it has to go. Like you look at you look at uh, Lee Childs the way he the way he writes, very short chapters. There's an incident or there's some reason, like if you're reading at night, you get to the end of a chapter and you go, oh God, what's happening? I'll read another one. Then you're seven or eight more chapters in and it's four o'clock in the morning and you have to be up for work in an hour. You're thinking, no, jazz. But that takes, that takes skill. Like, or if you're, if you're reading on a, on, a, on a train or a bus or, and if you miss your stop because you're engrossed in a book, that means it's a good book. That's what everybody should be aiming for. Should be aiming for people missing, turning up late for work because they're reading your book. And 
they enjoyed it that much that they don't care that they're late for work. But obviously now uh, employers would have a slightly different view. <laughs> have a slightly different view on that. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how much of a case now the NUJ could put up for for somebody. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was reading a book by one of uh, our fellow members, and it got so engrossed that I turned up late. But it would be an interesting defence. But yeah, it's about the book evolves, and so your plan from day one. And the plan on day 200 could be radically different. And you have to be willing to accept that because none of us are infallible. I'm going to ask, since you mentioned book two, just going to wrap up with the one final question. What will you do differently next time? Ideally, ideally next time, I'd like to lock myself away for two weeks two, three weeks, and uh, and get the draft, get the first draft out of the way in three weeks. Like, get it 80,000 words down. Uh, and then, and then work, then, then, then start, then start working on it properly. But I have, see, I have to, I have the basis of my idea and uh, it's going to follow. It's, it's, so it's going, it's, it's going to follow on from book one. So it, it, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a series. Now, certain incidents happen. So how the character, how Dan Breen copes with this, these things that happened to him in the previous book and what is going to happen in the future. That's like that line on the page. That's there now. It's going to change. I have no doubts whatsoever. Like the location, I haven't haven't a fixed location for the book yet. It, It may not be set in Dublin. It because of certain incidents that happen, it would be reasonable for the character to possibly go somewhere else for a period. And that, and I could park myself easily for three weeks in the location where the book may set, the, the book may set itself. But it all depends. If if when I'm talking to agents and publishers, if there's if like if there's if I'm getting uh, positive, if I'm if I'm getting uh, good, uh, what well, I hate the word feedback, but if people are uh, positive towards what's happened, what's happened so far, then it gives you an awful, uh, an awful lot more confidence to go on ahead with, 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 with the next one. Like in the crime genre, essentially you write a book, it goes into the editing process. You start book two then, 
And then by the time book two is published, book, or sorry, book one is published, book two is going into the editing process and you're starting book three. And it's a 12 month. So once you, once you get onto the conveyor, every 12 months, pretty much, you have, uh, you, ha you have, you have a book. And when you've, when you've, when you've, when you've written one, you know how much work it takes. You know where, the, you, you know the mistakes that you've made, that you've spent too much time uh, worrying about trying to explain every single minute detail of a subject when that's just slowing the narrative down. So you can get past that quicker, which then speeds up the writing process makes the editing process that much easier again. So you sort of learn from, ideally, you learn from your mistakes. That's, and then it gets, it gets easier and quicker. And hopefully, like, I've, uh, you see, you see, you see in some, uh, in some series, like book one, the difference between book one and book three that's somebody's confidence as a writer you can you can you can see it develop and you can see how they're able to take greater risks with uh, ideas around the plots because they have they know that the reader will follow it so whereas in book one it's very much take somebody by the hand later it's okay the readers aren't stupid we can, we can allow them slightly more latitude and they'll still get to where they're going and they'll enjoy it more for doing so. And touch wood, touch wood now, that's where, uh, that's, that's where, that's where I'm hoping to be in, in, a, in a couple of years time. And yeah, like in an ideal, in an ideal world, You'd be writing full time, going to uh, going going to uh, but uh, going to going to festivals, promoting 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 your work, and uh, getting a wee hot somewhere where you write. Ideally, somewhere. Oh, do you remember? Do you remember? You know the uh, I'd say the ideal place now. Do you know the uh, out towards Perth? Does the uh, oh god, what is it? There's there's a mad cottage that's under the ground out near where Dylan Thomas was. Uh, so that would be somewhere, somewhere way out there. Maybe with less potchy, no, because that in itself would bring its own madness. But yeah. And a location to a location to write where you're not interfered with. So hopefully that wasn't wasn't too mental now. Okay. Uh thanks, Darren Boyle, for talking to me and to everyone listening. Stay safe and take care. No worries.
Thank you very much for having me. This has been the Freelance Forum podcast with Jared Cunningham. The forum is brought to you by the Dublin Freelance Branch of the National Union of Journalists and made possible by network funding from the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland Sectoral Learning and Development Programme. Music by podsummit.com is released under a Creative Commons Zero license in the public domain. I'm Jared Cunningham. Thanks for listening. Take care and stay safe. Mm-hmm.